You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, guests. Welcome, welcome to another episode. Friends, family, I'm so excited to be here today in studio. You know what? Have you figured out your life's purpose? I mean, specifically why you are here. Uh, There are so many things going on in this planet, in the world in which we live in a lot of hurt, a lot of harm. People are confused, not know what's going on. Today, I am excited because we have a person, an individual that uses their gifts to impact the world. She implements her gifts and helps people in Christ and others to be able to know where they should go. We're gonna be talking about healing today. We're gonna be talking about self-love today. We're gonna be talking to young people that need a lot of help, specifically young girls, because these girls are crying out for help. They don't know where to turn. I mean, a lot of people are doing things and running into people and don't know where to look for love. They're looking for it in all the wrong places and on all the wrong faces. So today we have something special for you. This guest today is going to inspire you for your next big thing, your next big challenge. But before we get into today's conversation, I would like for you to subscribe to this podcast, share this with your family and friends for new episodes and content each week. Now, as T.D. Jakes would say, Get ready, get ready, get ready, because I have with us today as a guest, Miss Essie Faye Taylor, who is a wife, an author, an educator, a minister, a youth advocate, and a recording artist. I don't know if she's going to give us a little a little Whitney or something today, you all, but we got to get ready, as I said. She's a bilingual psalmist, a podcaster, an imp- improviser, imp- improviser, improvisation. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, and see how she gets into that mode as well. She earned her Bachelor's of Arts from Northwestern University and a Master's of Arts in Teaching from Rockford College. She's a veteran educator and bilingual education, uh, English as a second language and Spanish language acquisition with the National Board Teaching Certification. She is an advocate of lifelong learning, language and learning, multiculturalism, and Essie is the CEO of Kenmar Press, an author agency, and the Essie Faye Collection. Boy, I will tell you, we've got a lot for you all on today. She's an author of three books, Finding the Love You Desire, 30 Lessons in Self-Love and Acceptance, Finding the Love You Deserve, a 60-day healing journal for women of faith, and Finding the Love You Deserve, 30 Lessons in Self-Love and Acceptance. That's the teen edition. She's deeply committed to motivating minorities, women, and youth to pursue their, to, to pursue God while chasing their dreams and carving out their life's paths. Wow. Any more folks and you all don't even need to go to the psychologist, the psychiatrist or the behavioral scientist because we got it all wrapped up today into one into Miss Essie Taylor. Welcome Essie to the show. 
Thank you so much, Sheila, for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know what? You have been preparing for this, I think, your whole life. There's so much that you have been doing, so much that you've been into. But we're going to do a little bit of uh, deep sea diving. I want you to go a little bit into your backstory because I know that you talk about self-healing and things like that. Let's go a little bit into your backstory. What caused the hurt? What caused the trauma in your life that you said, you know what? I've got to talk to some people about this experience of healing. Well, um, the trauma that was caused, first first of all, just a, a little more about me. I'm a, a pew baby um, for all the you know people who may not know what a pew baby is. It's someone who was uh, raised in the church. Um, and so I was, I grew up with faith. I've, you mm-hmm. know, had a relationship with God ever since I could, could remember. Wow. And so um, I, at an early age, as a teenager, I dedicated my life to the Lord. I was born again and I decided I wanted to live for God, meaning I wanted to keep his statutes and live according to biblical principles in my life, despite what people said about that. You know, the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, young people can't do it. Young people can't live holy. Young people, you know, should not live for God. There was, you know, so much even today, people still believe that. But I had you know, committed myself to the Lord. And I really got into ministry, became a, a minister early on. And I got into youth group and youth leadership. And um, I ended up, you know, I want to do all the right things, mm. all the right things. And so as Christians, a lot of times when we do the right things, we feel like we're exempt from bad things happening to us. Wow. Where we feel like, you know, oh, you know, things should happen, myself included, you know, this shouldn't happen to me. So mm-hmm. I was going along very well once, went through school, went through college, and I was waiting, you know, to be found um, by a husband. I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be great. <laughs> and so, you know, I did meet someone, a pastor actually, got married, and that didn't, that marriage didn't work out. It, it was, turns out it was an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended in divorce, and so for me, that that moment really tried my faith. That moment mm-hmm. really caused me to, you know, think, Lord, what happened? What what did I miss it? You know, and so it caused a lot of hurt. And I I was mad at God. I doubted my faith. Um, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I have to experience, you know, an abusive relationship? Why did I have to, even though I, I had dedicated my life to the Lord, I felt like, Lord, I should have seen this or this should not have happened to me. Why, why did I have to go through a broken relationship and, and the pain and the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse um, in the face of my faith? Mm. Because I never walked away from God you know, in the middle of all this, I just remember praying a lot. I remember crying a lot. I remember asking a lot of questions and I felt mm-hmm. so alone because, you know, I was still in ministry mm-hmm. and, and my ex-husband, he was, he was still preaching, you know, in ministry, despite all of this. And so that caused me, you know, after I, the relationship ended, I had to go through, I did a lot of reflecting. And I said, you know, Lord, what happened? I, I wanted to know, like, how did I get there? How did, how did I get to that place? And so that's when I realized that I, I didn't really love and accept myself before mm. I, I entered into a marriage, before I entered into a relationship. I just wanted to be chosen so badly, so desperately. And I, I'm, you know, I don't know mm. about your church experience, mm. but a lot of times there you know, at that time, getting married in a lot of spaces is the pinnacle of 
of life for women in church. That's you know, right. It's, it's that's almost right. preached as if or taught as if that's the one thing that, you know, you should aspire to as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of, in a lot of spaces, uh, women are not really acknowledged um, as, as true leaders, as the leaders that mm-hmm. God have, has ordained, has ordained mm-hmm. us to be. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of spaces, that was the pinnacle. You know, I was 28 oh. when I got married and I was, oh. and I was a virgin. You know, mm. at 28, you know, and I was living for God, you know, but I think I, there are some things that I missed, you know, mm. and a lot of times when you are looking for love outside of yourself, sometimes you are so anxious to find someone to validate who you are, you know, that you miss a lot of very important details. And that's, you know, that's what I discovered. Um, so this is what caused me to write the book um, because I discovered that, you know what? I loved God, mm. but I had an issue with loving and accepting myself. You know, um, wow. Essie, that you that is a mouthful what you said. You just covered, I think, millions of people around the globe looking for love in all the wrong places, as I said earlier, and all the wrong faces. The interesting thing about the story, as you said, that you know, you were in church, you were serving, you know, you were doing the right thing in the right place at the right time. But the person that you connected yourself with, you thought that was a person, like you said, that was a pinnacle of success. That's what we're raised to, to get married, to get into this relationship. And then to find out that there were triggers, that there were um, possibly holes in his soul that, that was not discovered with him and he didn't heal those holes. And so entering into a relationship if that other person has not really found the love, wellness, and happiness, um, not only that's in God, but just taking care of the backstory of their lives. You know, those those things that they that bring into the relationship, whether it's an abusive parents or, um, you know, things that they've seen in the house growing up, whatever childhood things that were going on with them, if they haven't addressed those things, those things will leak out into the relationship. And as you talk, they said the person is still doing what they knew to do as far as preaching and teaching. They're in that mode, like a hamster on the wheel, just doing the same thing, same thing, but not really making the progress that they needed to make. And um, I think that's so important to, to just stay on a little bit right there of how do we fall into these traps? You know, yes. we, we're looking for love. Like you said, you saved yourself for you for you thought your husband and then your husband, who was supposed to be the knight in shining armor, turns out to be in disguise. I'll say it that way. Yes. And I think I think the most important thing that I've learned is that a lot of times we have it twisted. Mm. Um, we have it twisted. We have a, a warped uh, perception of things in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, particularly people of faith, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we, we focus so much on loving God mm. and we focus on loving others um, that a lot of times we neglect to love ourselves. Wow. You know, so says, love your neighbor as yourself. But mm. my experience, you know, I uh, was already, you know, was always emphasized, love your neighbor, love God. But mm. what about me? You mm. know, it's, it's, it's almost like we, we become the self-sacrifice where we sacrifice ourselves and we neglect to truly love ourselves. And instead we love others and we pour ourselves into loving God, but we cannot Mm. truly love God without loving ourselves. We cannot truly love other people without loving ourselves. But I, I just found at least in my experience that, Mm. you know, that was neglected. I mean, I've come from 
a very loving family, a mom and a dad, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they love me immensely. I come from a huge Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's not to say that my family is perfect, but Mm -hmm. I know, I knew what love looked like and what if, what it feels like, what if, Mm -hmm. you know, I I understood that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, I was so caught up in loving God and loving others that I didn't really understand the depth or the importance of actually loving myself. Mm. And then I also didn't have the experience, honestly, didn't mm. have the experience with uh, with male relationships. Mm. I think a lot of times we, you know, just not getting so caught up into like the spiritual, that we yeah. don't, you know, there's a natural aspect, you know, a relationship requires certain mm. skills, you know, yes, you yes. Developed it. It's, yes. it has to be more than just oh, I saw my parents or I saw a great example. You have to work out some things. You have to practice some things. And quite frankly, I did not have the practice mm. um, that I needed. And wow. so that's why I wrote the book. You know, for wow. just to be you know transparent, because I know there are some people who have had this experience. Uh, some people who are single. And then there are some people who are married or who has, mm-hmm. have been married who do not really, you know, know themselves. Like they've yeah. lost themselves uh, in their children or just in the mm-hmm. role of being mom or in the role mm-hmm. of being wife. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's what the book is about. You know, it's so interesting because, you, as you mentioned, some people say, well, my parents have been married for 50 years or they've been married for 30 years and they're a good example. And they're thinking that that will transpire into their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big key there is they're looking at their mom and dad made it, but they don't know the sacrifices that the mom and dad had. They don't know the the trials and the, and the, and the triumphs, all those things that helped them to glue together. And especially, especially when at the time that they might have grown up, these pressures weren't there that are here now. Today, the laws have changed. The literally laws have changed in relationships now. It's not like it used to be male, female design. Now it's like a crossing over. He could take the garbage out. She could take the garbage out. He could be an at-home mom. You know, she could be, you know, going to work. There's so many changes that have happened in relationships. And I think it's so key what you said is, um, you know, to be able to practice, you know, being that person that you want to be. Don't wait for you to get the knight in shining armor or that princess, you know, start being that person. If you want to be a great father, a great husband, a great, be that person now. Don't be um, a dog running around chasing women If you and then say, well, when I get married, I'm going to stop. You know what I'm saying? So when you say practice and looking at examples of who you could be today, um, that is a good example because if you practice who you want to be, for instance, if you want to be um, a great CEO of a business, practice being a great CEO. Don't wait till you get a business and get going and 15 years in, now you say, well, I've learned these lessons over the last 15 years. But, you know, little girls used to have little dolls back in the day. They have a little girl doll and they practice being a mom or a mother. That was practice. And so again, going back to practicing who you want to be in that relationship. If you want to be trustworthy, if you want to be honest, if you want to be faithful, start being faithful. Don't have to wait for the ring to put a ring on it. As Beyonce would say, practice faithfulness now because it's so key that you said of, of, of you know, learning now what you can do you know, with yourself, loving yourself, being true 
to yourself, listening to your yes. own inner voice of the things that you want and the things that you're aspiring to be is so key. I mean, you just you just had the cup running over <laughs> when you said that, because that's the reason when people don't have self-love, they don't love themselves. They say, I love God. I love my neighbor. But they're really upset with themselves for one reason or another. They have self-hate. They're saying, well, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too tall. I'm too this. I'm too that. And they start building up these blocks within themselves of why they don't like themselves. You know, I'm not um, as strong as this person or I'm not as good of a speaker as this person. Or I'm not as good as an athlete, whatever it is. I think building those blocks in, up in us starts to deteriorate at the fiber of our being so that we're not going out the door 100%. You know, we're going out 30% some days, sometimes 10%, but not at 100% of giving the world our best. So you really hit that when you said, you know, all of these things that were going on, you thought you were doing the right things, but the self-love and yes. and not coming from a bad background. I mean, you came from a good background, but yet you still had those those issues of I don't love myself. And it wasn't a conscious thing, but it did act out in your relationship. Yes. You know, yes. And this is this is an interesting thing. The more that I um I talk to people and just listen to like podcasts and just, you know, uh, people's testimonies. Um, there are some things that really don't manifest until you get into a relationship. Come on now, say that again. Yeah, there, there are some <laughs> things that don't, they don't manifest until you get into a relationship. Like you're fine by yourself. You're like, oh, I'm good. Da, 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 da. Next thing you know, you know, get into a relationship with someone, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a mentorship, whether it's a romantic relationship. And then that's when the rubber meets the road. Right. That's so you're right, because a lot of times people think, oh, I love him. I love her. We're so in love. It's that puppy love thing. They really haven't gone through those um, testings yet. And so they think we've been in a relationship for two years. We've been in a relationship for six months. We, we, we've been in a relationship for a certain amount of time, but they really have not. It's like they say the old saying, you don't know a person till you live with them. You know, then you live with them. You start seeing, why did you leave your shoes over there? You know, why did you put the cap on the toothpaste? Why didn't you, you know, you close the door when you go to the bath, you start finding out all of these things about that other person that they're not as hygienic as you want. You know, they're not taking as many showers or whatever it is, you start finding those things out when you live with the person. And I think that's really important to bring out, even though you think you're in the bliss in the relationship, you really have not discovered it, like you said, until you get into that, to that, those close quarters with that person for days, for weeks and months. And a lot of times after they have the ring on it, that's that time where they start finding out all of those things oh, yeah. that was not transparent in the beginning. Cause they say love blinds you. You can't see all of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's really important, like you said, to know that just because you love them today and you're confessing his love and you think you can't live without them, it could be a time when those things start leaking into the relationships. You start saying to yourself, looking at them like, what was I thinking? You know, and in your relationship, when did it get to that point when you were saying, what was I thinking? I mean, you're, you waited to get married. You're, you know, and all of this time and you thought this is the person, it's a pastor even. At what point did you start seeing trouble coming in to the relationship? I, honestly, I think I didn't trust myself. I did not trust myself. And if I'm honest, I saw things before we got married. Okay. I didn't trust myself. Um, now, let's elaborate on that a little bit because people see things, but they ignore yes. it. So so what I do you think that, some things that you were seeing so, that you just overlooked? Um, 
just, you know, discipline, issues with discipline, mm. um, uh, inappropriate relationships. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I, I saw things and mm. I, but I didn't, you know, I didn't trust myself. I felt like, oh, well that, you know, that's, that's not that big or, you know, that'll change. And I think uh, particularly, you know, there's some things, sometimes we feel like we could pray some things away, mm. but you can't, you can pray. You can pray. Wow. I learned that you can pray day and night for someone. If you do, yeah. if they do not want to change, they are not changing. That's it. And, that's and it. So I think that's important uh, to note, you know, that mm. sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times we see things yeah. that we don't yeah. trust ourselves. And so that's really in the book. Wow. I have a, a, one of one lesson is it's 30 lessons. One lesson mm. is trust your gut. Mm. It talks about, you know, just really listening to yourself. You know, wow. we mentioned earlier that uh, we mentioned earlier about relationships, things coming out in relationships about yeah. the other person. But there, when you get in a relationship, things also come out about yourself. Yeah. Like if you're honest, you start to yes. really learn yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. So if we can do that prior to mm. in a very important relationship, yeah. then we can avoid some things. We can really right. start to deal with some things. A lot of times right. we repress things ourselves, repress memories, we, we repress feelings, things mm. that hurt us when we were young or things yeah. that hurt us maybe in the dating process right, or right. from prior relationships, from, you know, trauma, mm. we, we repress those things. Yeah, but I yeah. think that it's important to get in touch with ourselves um, so that we can trust our gut so that mm. when we identify toxic behaviors, mm. we can say, you know what, that's toxic. I don't want to be a part of that. Wow. And and we can, you know, change, change. Wow. Wow. It's girl, it's power packed. It's good stuff. All of that, what you say is good stuff. You are power packed and ready for action. I'm telling you because trusting your gut, trusting your gut, when you're seeing those things and you get a hint, something is going on and you just kind of overlook it. That's so key. Mm -hmm. And I want people to hear that. That's so key. When you see things, don't think, oh, I can change it or it's nothing. Sweep it under the rug. That's going to come back to haunt you later. And it's important point that you brought out trusting yourself, because a lot of times people don't trust themselves in the relationship. They don't think that they are enough, that they're worthy. They're worthy of the love. They're worthy of the respect that they're supposed to get in that relationship. And therefore they take anything that that other person is giving them and they're suffering in silence. And, and that's the problem when you begin to suffer in silence and you start to lose your voice because you're not speaking up and you're not speaking out. So I think what you said, trusting your gut is so important. If you want to be a better communicator, communicator, communicate now to your, to yourself about yourself to others. So that when you get into this relationship, You're going to find out things about yourself, like you said, that you won't find out until you're in a relationship, but at least you're not harboring. I think one thing, another thing to to bring out is some people just love to be around people. And then some people love to be by themselves a certain amount of time. So if you are a person that loves to be around people and the person you're with has a tendency to want to be by themselves, that could cause a problem because they're going to want to have quiet time or be by myself. And you're going to want to say, hey, let's have a party. Let's have people over to the house every weekend. (laughs) <laughs> and those little things can cause problems if you don't know yourself. And like I said, like you said, once you get into that relationship, you're going to start to find out those little different idiosyncrasies about that other person. Now, now, what strategies did you use to heal yourself? Because you were in that situation and then 
you got out of the situation through divorce, but now there's that residue there. There's that hurt. There's that trauma. So what strategies did you use to begin the process of healing yourself? Yes, I did. I used a lot of uh, research-based strategies. One being therapy. Mm. That was my number one thing. I I actually sat down with um, with a counselor, a certified counselor, mm. and just peel back the layers of you know mm. what what did I experience during that time? Mm. I mean, because honestly, if I'm if I'm honest, it was like being in a storm. Wow. I actually was was married for five years. However, I was actually in the relationship, or you know living with my husband for three years, my ex okay. for three okay. years. Okay. Um, but then for two, so he abandoned me after three years and I was afraid to divorce. I didn't want to mm. divorce, you know, because wow. I didn't want the stigma of divorce. Here mm. I was, you know, an evangelist in ministry. Mm. Um, I had, I mean, I had given my life to the Lord. I was serving wow. ministry and, you know, there's such a stigma, not so much nowadays as, yeah. you know, as it was, has it been in the past, but, yeah. you know, I didn't want the stigma of divorce. Mm. You know, people in my circle were like, no, don't get a divorce. Don't do it. Mm. And so there I was, I was in limbo. I was stuck. Wow. So for two wow. years, I didn't get a divorce. Didn't know where my ex-husband was, had heard from mm. him. I, I mean, it was just a, a, a very whirlwind like, situation. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, a bad situation. Yeah. But to, while I was in it during those three years, it was a whirlwind because I felt like I didn't know what in the world was happening. All I mm. knew was mm. I had faith. And I just felt mm. like every like my world was turned upside down. Mm. Everything mm. that could have happened happened, mm. and I was like, "Lord, mm. I, I don't know if it was it wasn't a Job moment, but it mm. felt like a Job moment at that moment." Okay, okay, and that's a I good don't point. Know if you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't to the yeah. extent of everything that Job went through. Right, right, you know, right. But it was such a moment that shook my faith. I've never had a moment like that, and and mm. not since I'm forty. Yeah, I've probably yeah. been walking with God ever since I can remember, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've had a moment that shook my faith like that. Wow, moment. wow, wow. And you know, trauma does that to us. You know, you can have financial trauma, you can have emotional trauma, physical trauma, uh, mental, you know, trauma. Like we went through the pandemic that was really heavy a, a couple of years yes. ago, and so trauma has a tendency to put a holographic grip on you and you don't know mm-hmm. left, right, where to turn, who to trust. So much goes out of you and it takes time for restoration um, yes. to take place and, and to ex- acceptance again, to take place on your direction and where you're going and, and what you need to do. And I know that's one of the reasons why you feel so strongly working with women and working with young ladies specifically of how to get them to accept themselves again, unconditionally, yes. you know, because if you can't accept where you are and, and the direction you got, you got to go. Um, it could just be like you said, you're in a whirlwind. And so you need to reassess, you know, yourself and, and to replan and refigure because, you know, you know that God didn't bring you this far to only come this far. And so you have to be able to learn how to um, accept yourself unconditionally. How important mm-hmm. is that to you when you're dealing with the younger girls? Because you mentioned now you're more aged and you said, okay, I got this grip on life. But when you see younger girls in their twenties, like you were, how is it important for you to reach out and want to save them, to help them to accept themselves unconditionally, no matter well, what they've gone through? 
Yes, it's so, it's so important. It's mm. so important to be able to, and it's also, it's also such a challenge as well because we have so many mm. messages all around us, especially wow. as women. Especially social media, women. social media. Social media, but also <laughs> traditionally, you know, women mm. have been objectified. Women, there's a certain standard of beauty. You know, you can't be too skinny. You can't be too fat. You can't be, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's so much, you know, and wow. then a lot, there's a lot of misogyny. There's a lot of, um, you know, discrimination, you know, toward women because we are simply women. You know, mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. you just, you just have to face so much, um, you know, and we have to face so much as women, but mm-hmm. it's so important to be able to accept yourself because if you don't accept yourself, you're going to look to everybody else for validation. You're going wow. to look to other people for acceptance. Mm-hmm. And based on that acceptance, that's going to impact you. You know, whether they accept or reject you, what, and then everybody has a certain philosophy, you know, if they accept, well, you, yeah, I'll accept you, but you have to do this. Well, oh, I'll, you know, it's all, you know, it's always some kind of negotiation. Yes. So yes. you can't allow other people to uh, dictate who you are and how you yeah. are. You have to mm. own. And, and this, these are lessons that I'm learning. Like I'm an, I'm a high school teacher. So I see okay. young people every day. I see young okay. girls every day. Okay. And that, that's what prompted me to write the teen edition oh, uh, okay. of the book. So okay. the, the, you know, adult edition is 30 lessons to love and accept yourself. And they're, you know, mm. they're lessons like, you know, trust your gut, um, mm. get in touch, know yourself, mm. um, you know, discover who you are, uh, mm. uh, explore and travel, you know, get in touch mm. with yourself intimately you know like yeah, learn yeah. yourself intimately yeah and so yeah. those are the lessons for uh the adults but the lessons for um the the teenagers um mm. talk about basically setting boundaries okay that's important now now let's stop on there for, for a moment you say setting boundaries how can a young person set boundaries let's say in relationships because mm-hmm. nowadays anything goes like we talked about social media the influences of social media that you should be doing this and a lot of young people are are suicidal because they think their life should be more so let's talk about some boundaries that young people can have in relationships so they don't get caught up in these entanglements because they go so far they feel like they got to give it all they almost have to be the wife without the ring, you know, mm-hmm. they have to be sleeping with the man or he has to be sleeping with her or doing so much, almost like a married person before they are actually in the that serious relationship. So what are some boundaries that younger people can set for themselves so that they don't fall into these different types of traps? So I would say the first thing is setting boundaries for yourself. So we've got to, you, you can set boundaries for different, uh, different aspects. So set boundaries for yourself. What are, what do you expect from yourself? Wow. Do you expect integrity? Do you expect honesty? Do you expect, um, you know, being, being faithful, being a person of your word? You know, do you expect to honor yourself, honor your, your, your temple, your body? Mm. Right. I mean, one of the best things I did was to, uh, preserve my, my virginity. And mm-hmm, I would tell mm-hmm. anybody else, you know, you mm-hmm. that's a special meant for boys and girls. That's something boys special. And girls. Yeah, something yeah. special that you want to give to someone, uh, particularly I would say your your mate after yeah, marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want because that's your body, that is that's all of who you are. You want to protect all, yeah. that. So right, I would say that right. number one, that would be number one on my list. But boundaries, your integrity, <laughs> boundaries, your integrity. Mm. How what are your expectations for yourself? in relationships with other people right mm. then secondly what are your expectations and your requirements for other people in relationship with you mm. 
What do you expect from other people? You know, what will you accept and making it plain? You know, Mm. if you have to write it down, write it down. What, wow. what what are your non-negotiables? What are you willing to accept or what are you not willing to accept? Mm. And one of the things that, and I, these lessons are so good, but mm. some of these lessons I've just learned as an wow. adult. Wow. And so the reason why I wanted to write this is because because I thought if I had this book when I was a teenager, during that turbulent time, I would have mm. saved myself so much grief, mm. so much hurt, so much pain. Um, it just would have been amazing. One of the things, and I learned this from, I can't remember the author. It's going to come to me, mm. but safe people. Mm. So I have um, a, a chapter or a lesson about guarding yourself and finding safe people. Wow. And, you know, safe people are people that make you feel safe. They're people that, you know, support you, people that, um, you know, comfort you, people that accept you for who you are, people that allow you to be who you are. They're not trying to force you to become some person. They're not trying to pressure you to do one thing or the other, but Mm. just acknowledging safe people. And so, Mm. um, you know, once you know who your safe people are, you can identify unsafe people. You know, it's so important because you talk about safe people, but even in our own families, sometimes they're not safe. They're family members that will tear you down, that will talk about you, that will throw a rock and hide their hand. And this affects um, those types of relationships can drastically affect us as well. Um, When you talk about setting boundaries, it's so important because, you know, when you think about a family setting, you think, okay, they should love me unconditionally because I am a um, a family member, blood, blood is thicker than water, as they say, but you have some water relationships that are more nourishing than the blood relationships. And the thing about it is, is that um, some of those relationships aren't safe. You know, you have incest going on in the home, you have abuse going on in the home, You have people that are not taking care of their children, the fathers having affairs. And there's all of this abuse going on in the family unit sometimes till these aren't safe relationships, even in the home. And so I think it's important to to look at all relationships, you know, and safe relationships in general. If a person doesn't make you feel safe or comfortable, you have to look at that and analyze that and and, and be real. Be real. Don't think in terms of, well, um, I just don't have anybody. There are billions of people in this world that you can get love from, that you can receive validation from as far as acceptance. And I think it's important for us to not get locked in on just because you were born into this doesn't mean you have to die in this. You know, you can be able to grow from where you are. And you you mentioned something very important, setting boundaries. What do you expect? Even if you expect faithfulness or you expect love or whatever it is you expect, it's, it's back and forth. You know, you give it and you get it back, you know, type of thing. So setting boundaries, even in, um, you know, family relationships outside of the family relationships, whether it's a kinship, a friendship, a fellowship or any kind of ship, courtship, make sure you have those boundaries. And you, you just hit it right on the head when you said that, because this is why people fall again and again and again. And they've had so many partners and so many dates and people before they actually get into marriage because they're just going around trying to find that one person that can make them happy. But like you said, it goes back to self-acceptance, self-love. Yes, it's so true. I mean, you've said so much. Number one, I love the fact that you said that there are water relationships. There are the relationships that you have that are not, with people that are not biologically related to you. Yes. That are safe 
relationships. And and the reason why, I mean, I think this really just blew my mind, just thinking about safe relationships, because when you have the concept of uh, identifying safe people or safe mm-hmm. characteristics, then you can easily identify the unsafe, whether wow. it's behaviors, whether it's, whether it's behaviors or patterns, whatever it is, you can identify that. So like you could be in a relationship and mm-hmm. things could be great. And then all of a sudden, something happens where this person exhibits an unsafe trait and you're like wait a minute you know, what? Like you, what like where did yeah. that come from but, yeah. but a lot of times you'll you'll see that and you'll be like oh it's not that big of a deal just ignore it yeah well you'll ignore it or sometimes mm-hmm. you won't address it right mm-hmm. because you feel like oh, that, that's, that was kind of weird you know wow you know, la, 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 la. we're doing great there's something else pops up but to but to be able to identify okay this person's making making me feel unsafe wow and I need to identify that and address it and it needs to change now if mm. it doesn't change then i have the right to mm. say you know what this relationship is not going to work even if it's a friendship even mm. if it's just a colleague um, mm. i'm going to remove myself or i'm going to you know decide i don't want to be a part of it if it's a family member Mm. Uh, mom you're making me feel unsafe right now wow so that's important that's but that's huge right think about yes. it think about it yes. as a teenager you mm. can you can use that agency to say you know what i don't feel safe you number one getting in touch with your feelings mm. and you're validating the fact that you have a right to communicate your feelings and make a change. That's huge. That's huge, girl. You sharper than a Gillette razor right now. I'm telling you, you you are sharp right on it. It is huge because we're afraid a lot of times to express those sentiments to the people that are in our lives in relationships. And, and, and that, that stifles us because we just suffer, like I said, suffer in silence and we don't speak up and speak out. And you, you see those things happening. They become a pattern and you just ignore it, ignore it. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and people stay trapped in the relationships because they don't know how to get out because they said, I've invested children. I've invested time. I don't want to know what my family's going to say if I get out of this relationship. And you have all of those cobwebs situations around you and you don't know how to break free. So I think it's really important for our listening audience to understand today, find your safe relationships, find the safe people that can make you feel safe, no matter who it is. If they make you feel safe, if they validate you, if they're giving you what you need um, in the relationship, but we're not talking about mental abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. We're talking about people that are literally helping you to reach your goals, even if it's goals in relationships of being a better person or, or doing better in life, whatever it is. Um, I think that's really important to um, set those boundaries, find those safe people and to be able to go on and live because without it, you're dying a slow death because you're not living up to your fullness and things like that. And so that's really, really important. Um, You know, you talked about your books as far as working with the teens with self-love and self-healing and things like that. You have more than one book. How is your journey as a writer, would you say, um, impacted your life because you're still getting these life lessons, you know, God is just still pouring into you. And how has this really impacted your life even up to now, would you say? Um, my journey as a writer has been, it's been, um, just very impactful for me. Mm. Like this has really changed my life on several, like several, um, and several aspects. First of all, it's healing for me to write, Mm. like writing is so healing because it's it's almost like 
you heal and then you heal some more. You know, healing mm-hmm. is a process. Yes, so for me yes, to yes. write, I was healing myself. And then I like I can pick up the book right now. Mm-hmm. And I have picked up the book on several occasions and I'm crying. Like I'm reading the book crying. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the exercises crying. <laughs> As if I didn't even write the book. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord. So it's just been very healing for me. And and it's also just given me a renewed sense of um, gratefulness mm. to know that the pain that I experienced yeah, yeah. was purposeful. Wow. There was a purpose for it. You know how people say that, you know, God will take your pain and he will, you know, produce purpose from your pain. And when I think about particularly the young people, I mean, I've talked to men and women, several men and women who have purchased my books Mm -hmm. and they've read and they said, oh, wow, you know, this has healed me. This has helped me in my life. And that makes me feel so great, Mm -hmm. you know. But then also when I think about the young people, I feel like just imagine what they'll be able to do with just these life lessons. Wow. You know, it's just, just to take just to take a few, you know, a few of the lessons, even more so the lessons are based in scripture. Wow. You know, it's it's they're they're devotionals, they're you know, they have anecdotals, um, and just principles that are, you know, are important for living daily life. And so wow. it is it is inspirational mm-hmm. on every account. Um the cool thing about I want to say this about the um my latest release. It has a section that says uh, a section entitled like a girl and that's okay. <laughs> like a girl and that's okay. So the, the, the premise is, is you're finding yourself and that's okay. Um, but the, the, the section is entitled like a girl and that's okay. And it's all about women in the Bible that oh. found themselves and they found love within. So it's, it's all about women empowering um mm women you know the girls being empowered by the stories of the women of the bible that found peace they found joy they found love within they owned their stories mm-hmm. and um they were used by god in a mighty way so i i, I hope that when, that young women you know teenagers would he would read and that they would know that god loves them you know there's neither male nor female a lot of times you know it's it's a lot of times people and I, they just I don't, don't get it. it. I, they don't get it, or I don't know if they intentionally do it or not. But sometimes it's just communicated that God loves men, but it's not necessarily that God also loves women. Mm. You know that God has made us powerful. That God has made us uh, genius. That God has given us gifts as well. Wow. Um, as, you know that that God loves men and women he created us male and female and so when girls you know god loves them too yes you're right you know they can be used of god and and loved Mm. of god as well so that's really the one of the key messages um in uh my latest release you know, and, and we're talking to Essie Taylor today. She is the author of the books, Finding the Love You Desire, Self-Love and Acceptance, and Finding the Love You Desire in 60 Days, a healing journal for women of faith, and also the teen edition. So it's important, self-love, self-healing, 
I mean, it's something that we all need. You know, when a little child is playing outside and they fall down and scrape their knee, the first thing the mother does is pick them up, kiss that little boo-boo, and they seem to feel better. Even though the boo-boo is still there, they just feel better. It's something about that love, you know, and they feel, I'm okay. I'm okay now. It's really important, as, as he was saying, to set the boundaries um, in, to set the boundaries in your relationships to find the safe people. I think that is so key because if you don't have uh, safe people in your life, then you're up for open for grabs. And there are people that will take advantage of you in the church, outside of the church, in the political arena, everywhere you turn, every corner you go on, there's somebody there waiting to, to take advantage of you. So it's really important for us to look at our lives and analyze it. And, and really important what Essie said is to be that person now that you are seeking to be. Don't wait until you get into the relationship and say, now I'm a wife, now I'm a husband, now I'm this and that. If you are seeking traits of faithfulness and if you want someone to be true to you, if you want to have integrity, if you want to have um, certain type of virtues of yourself, your own body, then be that person now. And then when you get into that relationship, you know what to expect. You're not going to lower your standards to say, well, they're not that, they don't take care of their hygiene that much, but I take care of my hygiene and I'm going to just look over it because it'll begin to put a poke holes in that relationship and you'll start to have those problems. And, and then you'll start to, the self-love will be like, okay, I don't think I love myself because I settled for this and I could have waited and got, got something better or something more. So these journals are life-giving, folks. You have to have to be able to get in contact with Miss Essie Taylor to be able to get a, a hold of these books, share with the team, share with somebody in the community that's going through some hurt that they've had for years and years and years and they don't know how to get over the hurt. They don't know how to get the healing they need. And a lot of times people say what happens in the home stays in the home. So they don't go out and get help. They don't go out. How important is it for you as you mentioned about counseling for people to seek out that help and not just sit back and suffer for years of not dealing with anybody because they have been hurt one time or have been hurt more than one time, but they don't know how to go get the help that they need. So how important is that for people to seek outside help? It's so important to seek outside help. Now, if you're not, if you're, because one thing about counseling, and I think it's a myth, of course, you know, there's a stigma in certain communities that, you yes. know, like you said, what happens in this house stays in this house, you know, um, or we don't talk about certain things or, you know, there's yeah. a stigma uh, surrounding going to get counseling. And yes. people feel like the counselor's going to know all my business. But the thing is, the counseling for me is a space. So they, they basically mm. just create a space. They create a safe space to share and to think. You know, the counselor doesn't tell you, this is why you should do this, this and that. The counselor creates a listening space that is safe okay. for okay. you to reflect. So you're basically reflecting on what happened, whatever it is that you want to talk about, whatever mm. it is, and, and you're doing the work. So it's not the work that you're doing is uh, journaling. Mm. You're reflecting on what the issue is. I did a lot of prayer. Mm. Um, I did a lot of um, meditation, you know, just really just using journaling to heal myself. I'm writing about whatever it is, whatever the issue is. I'm doing a lot of self-reflection and searching myself. Well, how do I feel about that? I'm doing a lot of observing. Mm. Observe yourself in certain situations. You know, mm. what are your triggers? Mm. What are your anger triggers? What are your happiness triggers? Mm. You know, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? Is there a person in your life that causes you trauma? 
you know, does for example, if if I have a um a a, a, ten, a relationship of tension with my mom, what why mm-hmm. is that? So you're yeah. basically just asking yourself questions to get down to the bottom of why do you feel the way that you feel? Why okay. are you having this certain you know experience? Why is it? Why do? You, why is it that you only uh, have friendships for? two months after two mm. months you're all your friendships in so you're looking wow. at your patterns um uh your relational patterns mm-hmm. with the relationship um that you have with yourself with and yourself the relationship that you have with others and i wanted mm. to add this about finding safe people you mm-hmm. have to you're fine yes find safe people but also be a safe person wow be a safe person and mm-hmm. find out what makes you feel safe what what do you do that makes you feel safe Mm-hmm. Is there something that you do in your life that makes you feel safe? How are you talking to yourself? You know, what is it about you that causes you to feel safe? You know, as as young people or as children, we um we have to learn how to cope, right? We ha- we have to learn how to, when a baby is crying, they have to kind of um, comfort themselves. Yeah, that's a skill that you that you learn. If you don't mm-hmm. learn how to comfort yourself, then you start to have emotional problems and social mm-hmm. issues as you go older. And so we have to look at look at ourselves and figure out what do I do mm-hmm. in my daily life that makes me feel safe. If I feel anxious, then what? How do I cope? If I'm, I'm feeling feel. afraid, how do I how do I cope with that? What do I do for myself without looking outside now maybe similar it may Mm -hmm. be similar to what somebody else does you know they make you feel comfortable maybe maybe you do self-talk you know maybe you do do breathing exercises maybe Mm -hmm. you count from one to ten maybe it's whatever it is that makes you feel comfortable makes you feel you know safe Mm -hmm. and you have to find that that's important coping skills what are you doing to cope to help yourself to get better. A lot of times people self-medicate and they medicate and then they medicate more and they medicate a lot more. They run into the pharmacy instead of God's F-A-R, the farm, going to natural things to be able to help yourself. And so it is really important to know about coping mechanisms, what you can do, whether it's breathing exercises or whatever it is that you can do to help yourself because you can't always go to someone else to get the help. When that person is not there anymore, then then people just explode. You know, they used to run to this one or run to that one or that person may not have left that made a transition to another place, so to speak, mm-hmm. to another city or they might have died and went on. And now what are you going to do if you can't run to that particular person? So I think that's another thing for our audience to to note. Um, have some coping, develop coping skills when you're going through different things, develop coping skills so you don't uh, self-destruct because it's very important to not self-destruct when things are are going on. And see, you know, as a minister, um, if there's a person that's out there that's listening today that may be going through a young person that may be going through some hurt in their life, they may be in a relationship that is not serving them at the highest um, they may be a person that don't don't know how to set the right boundaries in their life. So they're accepting everything that comes their way. Um, they may be a person that's triggered um, through trauma and through different things that are, that are happening and things like that. They're maybe in an environment where they're around more unsafe people than safe people. So what do you say to a young person or to a person out there? It could be male, female, different ages um, to help them to be able to find their way back to that place of acceptance, back to that place of a self-healing that you talk about in your books? 
first I would say just stop, Mm. just stop. A lot of times, you know, there's so much going on, you know, and we're not conscious. We're unaware Mm. of what's happening. So I would say just stop a moment and reflect. Think about what exactly is happening. You know, why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? Why are you acting the way that you're acting? What situations are happening around you? What are the circumstances, um, you know, in your life that are causing anxiety, frustration, anger? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say just try to get in touch with yourself. Try to get in touch with your feelings. So, you know, sometimes we just have to stop and quiet ourselves and find out what's going on with me. You know, just what what is going on with me? What is going on with my body, my mind, my spirit? Mm. So once once you do that, I would say connect to God. Mm. Find God in this situation. Mm. One of the best things that you can do is you can lean into your faith when you're going through difficult times. So I would say first find out what's going on. Search yourself. Find out Mm. what's going on with you and then connect to God. And then I would say connect to community. Connect to people who love you, people who want the best for you, people who are safe, mm. people who you can trust. Um, uh, the last thing that I would say is seek help, whether it is a prayer partner, an accountability partner, a mentor, uh, a, a licensed professional counselor. Seek help. Maybe it's a teacher, mm. someone who you can trust that will hold you accountable and that will not tell all of your business. There you go. There you go. It's so important. It's so important because a lot of people are afraid that, well, they're going to know this or they're going to know that. And we know that all counselors are not the same. So you have to find a person that message with your, you know, kind of melts into your lifestyle and and, and that you have confidence in and that you can trust in. It may be another person of another culture. It may be another person of another race. It may be another person um, online or whoever it is. But I think it's important. Um, Counseling, I think, is so key. Um, because a lot of times people aren't disciplined. They don't know what to do. Um, they're listening to the voices that are in their head. And a lot of times those voices that are being replayed in their head are um, negative voices and telling them to do certain things that's causing more hurt and more harm to things that are going on around them. So I think it's key today to um, know about safe people, setting those boundaries you know, self-love that we talked about, you know, healing, finding a counselor, a person that you can get help from, but most importantly, to connect into God. I think that's the key in the foundation that you mentioned, because there is a a person that sticks closer than a brother, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So I think if you're plugged into the right source, then you can rise like dough. And that's very important um, in the days and times in which we live in when there's so much complexity, so much competition, so much overwhelming odds against us. Um, so just against moral values and traditionalism, things are just anything goes nowadays. So people are getting confused. And so I think it's very important to, as you said, listen to your inner voice, find out what's going on with you, what's going on in your spirit, what's going on in your mind, listen and try to get the help that you need so that you can be able to succeed. Essie, how can our audience get in contact with you to get these awesome books, these life-given books, these books that could take our lives to another level um, so that they can get in contact with you or be able to have you to come out to speak to the young people, speak to their, their congregation, their audiences, to their businesses, um, to their schools about self-love and self-acceptance and and uh, healing um, and things along this line that can help us to be able to free ourselves. 
you can learn more about me and um, book me um, for a speaking engagement at www.scfaytaylor.com or you can follow me on Facebook as Esther Taylor or uh, Instagram. Uh, my handle is the T-H-E underscore S-E-E-S-S-I-E Faye, F-A-Y-E. Um, you can order the books on Amazon.com. All you have to do is just search my name or you can uh uh, put in uh, finding the love you deserve, 30 lessons in self-love and acceptance into the search mm. bar. Folks, we have been talking to Essie Taylor today, a person that is pursuing God, helping you to chase your dreams and carving out your life's path. She's a bilingual psalmist, a podcaster. Uh, she's a youth advocate and a recording artist. Uh, she's an author of these books that we were talking about today, um, an high school educator. And so her hands are very full. I want you to get in contact with her, get a hold of her books, order these books. Um, this has been a tremendous conversation. This conversation can help so many people in areas of their lives, no matter what age you are, no matter what, where you are in your track in life. I think self-acceptance, self-healing is something that we all need. Connecting more to God is something that we all need. And so, Essie, I want to thank you for being my special guest today. I want to thank you for using your gifts to impact the world. And friends, I want to thank you for listening. If you did not hear this entire broadcast today, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity.net for more information, for more content. Please look up Essie Taylor information. It'll be on our website as well, where you'll be able to find her. Order these books. Help somebody Help a friend. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.